This is Sports Business Radio with Brian Berger, powered by Pastano by Sprinkler. On today's show, Brian sits down with the Oakland Raiders punter, Marquette King. Well, I, I didn't look at it as being a career for me. I looked at it as uh, just wanting to be the best. I mean, I want to be real, so good at punting, and I want to be the best at it. Now, with Sports Business Radio, here's Brian Berger. Thanks for checking out the only show dedicated to covering the business side of sports. We're happy to be powered by our friends at Sprinkler. Follow them online at sprinkler.com. That's S-P-R-I-N-K-L-R.com. We've got Marquette King, the punter for the Oakland Raiders, joining us on the show this week. He and I got to know each other uh, a few months back when he attended my Sports PR Summit social media workshop at Twitter headquarters in San Francisco. He's the only black punter in the NFL just the fifth black man in the history of the NFL to be a specialist at the position. He was second in the NFL last year, 40 punts downed inside the 20-yard line. His punts are straight out of a video game. He's booted the ball 87 yards, and he has a hang time of 5.85 seconds, both ridiculous numbers for a punter. I'd encourage you to go on to to YouTube and uh, type in Marquette King, and you'll see what I'm talking about, but we're excited to have him on the show. This week, I'm joined in studio by our executive producer, Brian Griggs. Griggs, how are you? I'm doing great, and I I just YouTubed that exact punt, and it was phenomenal. It's like, it's never coming down. (laughs) You know, you see those commercials where they, like, embellish so-and-so, made, like, a full-court shot, or they, you know, threw the ball the length of the field. When you see his punts, that's the first thing you think of, is you're like, okay, someone's playing with the video here, because there's (laughs) no way that this is real. Yeah. And if you've watched him play for the Raiders... And he had a great first game against the Saints uh, this last weekend. This guy does this every game, and the Raiders saw that he's a real asset and weapon for their team. They signed him to a five-year extension before the season started. Uh, a lot of people think punter is a you know a marginal position on a franchise, but mm-hmm. when you talk about field position and pinning your team back consistently inside the 20, even inside the 5, like he's able to do, yep. he's a real asset to the Raider organization. Especially in the NFL, where games a lot of times depend on punting and field position because you got a 3-3 game in the fourth quarter, punting becomes a big deal, so that's huge. The other thing, and this is really how we got to know each other, at Twitter, he's great on social media, so if you follow him on Twitter or on Instagram, at Mar- Marquette King. He's a fun follow, so we'll talk about that when he's on as well. Let's go through some headlines, Griggs. The NCAA has pulled seven championship events from North Carolina, including opening weekend men's basketball tournament games for the coming year due to a state law that some say can lead to discrimination against LGBT people. In a news release on Monday, the NCAA says the decision by its board of governors came, quote, because of the cumulative actions taken by the state concerning civil rights protections. Griggs, we live in a world where public opinion and the opinions of advertisers has never been taken more seriously by leagues like the NBA who moved the 2017 All-Star Game out of Charlotte or now the NCAA who made this announcement this week. I'm not surprised by this announcement. Uh, many in North Carolina are condemning the NCAA, saying they overstepped their boundaries. But again, advertisers, public, they shape opinions. And if you're doing something that doesn't set well with them, they're the ones at the end of the day that are spending the money to buy tickets or buy the products of the people who are running ads. There's a lot of power there. Mm-hmm. And we're now starting to see some of these people flex their muscles on 
there are opinions that are shaping these decisions. Yeah, and I think this is just the tip of the iceberg. I think you're going to see many, many more things like this coming up fu- in the future, in the near future. I think you're going to see this. And this is kind of just the, the first big news story and we're seeing and reading about it. But I think you'll see more universities doing it and uh, pro teams doing the same thing. Well, and again, taking a stand, our next headline, Colin Kaepernick has been joined by other NFL players on other NFL teams, even players in other sports like Megan Rapino, with their stance during the national anthem. They kneel most of the time, some raise their fist, but there's no mistake that these athletes are making a statement. And, you know, what we've seen, I'd say, in the last several months, whether it was Carmelo Anthony calling for change, whether it was Carmelo Anthony, LeBron James, Dwayne Wade, and Chris Paul standing up in unity at the ESPYs saying athletes need to use their platform for change. This is continuing. But Griggs, here's what I want to see. And I work with a lot of athletes and I've said this to them. I want to see a call for specific change, right? So it's one thing to protest and say I'm protesting uh, racism or I'm protesting uh, police brutality. I'm protesting the national anthem and the lyrics that are out of date and offensive to some people. So what I want to hear from Colin Kaepernick and these other athletes who are protesting is what specifically do you want to change? And, and, you know, maybe the best example is, and this would be on a smaller scale, but let's say that people are offended by the national anthem and the lyrics that in some verses refer to slavery. So if you want to see the anthem changed to, let's say, America the Beautiful, where those lyrics don't exist, let me hear that from you. My problem is this, is if you don't call for specific items to change, how is everyone supposed to hold the people in power accountable, right? If you want police rules to change, if you want other things to change, you've got to kind of put that up on the bulletin board, so to speak, and then we can check the box as those specific things change. So now that they've got everyone's attention, I want to hear calls for specific changes, and maybe that's where they need some help with uh, you know, meeting with police people, meeting with others, where they're making these calls for changes. But, you know, that's what I want to see. The good news for them, and this has been really interesting to watch, Jed York, the president of the San Francisco 49ers, has come out publicly supported Colin Kaepernick. Okay, you would think, well, it's a distraction. No, the president of the team publicly supported Colin Kaepernick. Stephen Ross, who I interviewed a few months back at the Sports PR Summit and who has a great Rise to Win organization that calls for just this type of thing. How do we use platforms to make changes in the world. He's come out and publicly supported the Dolphins players who knelt during the national anthem. Now, I'm not saying this is right or wrong. What I'm saying is these people are doing what they're doing. They're protesting. Now, let's hear specific calls to change, and then we can check the box and go, done, move on to the next thing. Well said. Exactly what I was thinking. I mean, I think these guys' arguments are a little shallow if you just protest. But if there's, like you're saying, if there's this is how I want to fix it, this is how I think we can fix it, that's when I think you can grow and you can follow it and uh, people can jump on board with it for sure. And the one thing that I could easily see happening coming out of this, and this would be a big deal, people finally listen to the lyrics of the national anthem (laughs) and say, you know what? That's been going on for years. Maybe the lyrics are offensive. Maybe we need to do, we need to switch it to America the Beautiful. I'm not saying we shouldn't have some recognition of America before sporting events, but look, 
new times call for new changes. Sometimes we we reevaluate things every few years, and this may be one of those things that needs to be reevaluated. And if that happened in and of itself, this protest, you could probably label a success. Our next headline, Twitter is going to broadcast Thursday night football live on your timeline starting this week. They've got a new app on Apple TV. I'm going to be watching on Apple TV where you're able to watch the video on your app on Apple TV. This is going to be really cool, Griggs. Again, I was at Twitter this summer and got a preview of some of this stuff, and you've seen them do a little bit of live streaming with the PGA Championship and some other golf events. This is going to be really cool. And what I'm going to really pay attention to is before the game and after the game, Periscope. So the Mm -hmm. live broadcasting app that is part of Twitter, they're going to be doing some cool things on the field, the behind the scenes. I think it's a great partnership. I think it's going to do wonders for people coming and gravitating to Twitter. But it's another way that you get closer to the game, and that's what fans are ultimately looking for. And I think the Periscope... um element is the key part. I love that because you're getting stuff you're not seeing on the national coverage. Right. The behind the scenes, the field stuff, locker room stuff, you know, in the tunnel, all that stuff is going to be there and that's going to be really fun. And isn't it amazing that, yeah, I just did a training with an NBA team last week and, you know, I told them, look, on Periscope or Facebook Live, it used to be if you were getting in trouble hours later, it might wind up on TMZ or YouTube or, you know, someone might have a Vine on the internet. But now... If you're screwing up, <laughs> As you, it's happening. It, it, it could be live broadcast on Periscope <laughs> or Facebook Live. So for all of you young people out there, especially the, the collegiate students that I know are listening to this, if you screw up, it can be broadcast in real time. <laughs> There's no lag between your screw up and when it gets broadcast or posted. Like You have to be so careful. But when it comes to something like this, it is really, really cool, and I, I'm looking forward to it. Our last headline of the week. This is an interesting one. Jason Day, the world's top-ranked golfer, has signed an endorsement deal with Nike to wear its shoes and apparel, including a hat. This according to our friend Darren Ravel of ESPN.com. Terms of the Nike deal were not disclosed, but a source told Ravel that Day will get paid north of $10 million a year. So this is Nike Golf pivoting, saying we're getting out of the club and ball business We're still doing apparel. We're going to take some of the money that we were investing in the ball and club business, and we're going to put it into the number one ranked golfer in the world. I just hope, look, I like Nike golf. I have Nike golf clubs. I wear Nike golf apparel. So uh, there's no bigger supporter of Nike golf than me. But if you look at what's happened when they've signed golfers, whether it's going back to David Duvall or whether it's Roy McIlroy, There's a decline after these golfers sign. Now, the thing that's different about this is that Jason Day will continue to play tailor-made golf clubs. Because, again, Nike Golf can't offer you equipment to use. So it's not a head-to-toe plus equipment and ball deal. It's a head-to-toe deal. There's no equipment involved. So you would think if Jason Day is comfortable with his tailor-made golf clubs, his game is not going to be impacted in any way by this. But when you've seen Rory switch clubs... When you've seen David Duvall switch clubs, it has not worked out well at all for them. And I tell people all the time, this is not a team sport. (laughs) This is you against the golf course. And if you don't trust your equipment, this impacts your livelihood. And yes, you're making tons of money from Nike Golf or whoever's providing you with the equipment. But it better make up for the lost income because your performance is now slipped and you're not getting the prize money that you were before. 
Ten million to wear a hat and a shirt. I'll sign that deal. I take it. <laughs> hey, I wear it anyway. So, yeah, like, exactly. <laughs> just can someone flip me like ten bucks or something? No, I'm just kidding. Hey, look, I like Jason Day. I, I told Ty Votaw during our last show he's my favorite golfer. So yeah. this is a great deal for him. Um, I think it's great apparel, terrific shoes, and you know, hey, like you said, ten million dollars a year, not a bad deal for Jason Day and Nike, a high profile company. So great deal. For him, great deal for Nike Golf. Coming up next, Marquette King, the punter of the Oakland Raiders, the only black punter in the NFL, just a fifth black man in the history of the NFL to be a specialist as a punter. This guy is very entertaining and fun, great personality. You'll enjoy this conversation. Coming up next, you're listening to Sports Business Radio. We'll be right back. Stay in the know at sportsbusinessradio.com. Podcasts, blogs, and more. Powered by Sprinkler. SBR will be right back. At Sports Business Radio, we are proud to work with Sprinkler, the leader in connecting teams with their fans. Whether you want to put selfies on the Jumbotron, provide in-game Twitter voting, Create a dynamic social media lounge or activate a hashtag campaign on your website. Sprinkler can design an amazing social experience true to your brand. With Sprinkler, teams can take social media posts from fans and display them across any screen in any venue. The cutting edge visual displays empower fans to tell their stories in a new and compelling way. Teams like the New York Yankees, Dallas Cowboys, Boston Red Sox, LA Kings, and Cleveland Cavaliers all use Sprinkler to engage their fans and connect with them at the speed of social. On top of its many features, using the Sprinkler visual display platform can pay for itself through selling sponsorship. As an example, the LA Kings sell sponsor space to Delta and other clients and run the ads using Sprinkler. Want to learn more about bringing your brand, fans, and social data to life? Schedule a demo today. Go to sprinkler.com. That's S-P-R-I-N-K-L-R.com. If you're a fan of this podcast, you understand the real power of engaging your fans. And Sprinkler gets it better than anyone. Back to Sports Business Radio with Brian Berger. My guest is Marquette King. He is the punter for the Oakland Raiders. You can follow him on Twitter and Instagram at Marquette King. He set a franchise record for the Raiders in 2015 with 40 punts downed inside the 20-yard line. The best way to describe his punts, they're straight out of a video game. I got to meet Marquette (laughs) at Twitter in San Francisco this summer. We've become friends. Welcome to the show, Marquette. How are you? I'm good. How about you? I'm doing really well. It's fun to have you on the show. I've enjoyed uh, getting to know you better since we met this summer at Twitter. Uh, you have a lot of fun on social media. What's kind of your your game plan with Instagram and, and Twitter? Do you go on there, hey, i got to go on there once a day, or uh, do you just go on there when you feel like it? Well, it depends. Um, during the season, I don't get on as much as I normally do, but uh, in the off-season, that's when I get on a lot and kind of find a way to let people see who I am personality-wise and what I do, kind of keep up with what I got going on, uh, just because I like I like being me and I like people to see who I am and try to make people's days as much as possible by doing silly things that I do on my social media, so that's pretty fun. I mean, we've seen you do everything from play piano, which you're a very good piano player, to uh, some insight, you know, at practice, here's some, some punts, but then you even posted one the other day where you were like, you were a hummingbird. What was that about? 
<laughs> man, I mean, I'm, first of all, I was excited we got a win. Uh, so it's kind of, it's, I mean, it's my way of just having fun, more fun being myself. But the little hummingbird thing, I was just being myself, man, just random, as always. And, um, <laughs> That's, I posted a couple of crazy videos that day. Yeah, it was, it was funny. You have good video on Instagram and Twitter again, Marquette King. So, look, you're in the Bay Area. Sometimes we see Coach Steve Kerr when Steph Curry is shooting a 45 footer. He's like, no, 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 no. Oh, good shot, Steph. Was that kind of <laughs> how it was on Sunday when your coach, Jack Del Rio, is like, no, we're not going for the extra point to tie the game against the Saints. We're going for two. Were you kind of like, no, 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 no. Oh, great job. I mean, I was, I'm not just letting them do their job. Um, I don't really, I don't really question what they do just because I don't sit in meetings and I don't, I don't really understand what's going on, but I just focus on what I can do and let them do what they do. But I bet that locker room was pretty hype after the game, after going for two and, and getting that. That's, I mean, as a coach, that's either, that's all or nothing, right? Like, people are going, hey, what in the heck was he thinking if they don't make that play? But when he makes it like you guys did, you're like, wow, that was really a ballsy, gutsy call. And, and they went for the win. And, you know, that was pretty cool. But I bet the locker room was hype after, huh? Uh, it's tight, man. We're looking at having the same locker room this week. Yeah, you guys are a lot of people's picks to, uh, you know, kind of be a surprise team and take that next step. I, I, I like what you're doing. So I want to talk about you as a punter. But first, before I do, I read that you're the second fastest guy on the team. If you go by the 40 time, the only guy on the Raiders faster than you is wide receiver Amari Cooper. You're the punter. You're not supposed to be running that fast. What's that about? Um, I don't know about that. It's, it's some folks on this team that's pretty fast. I want to know where those stats came from, but I know I'm faster than uh, Derek Carr. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think you'd be fast. Have you guys like had a 40-yard dash to time Like who's who's faster? Oh, we're definitely going to do it in the offseason. I saw that when you signed your new contract back in February, you signed a five-year extension. Congratulations on that. That Derek Carr Thanks. tweeted you right away, and he's like, hey, man, Dinner's on you. Like, have you had to take him out to dinner yeah. since you signed the new contract? Uh, not yet. We we've been so focused on the season. I don't even think we even think about food. <laughs> so seriously, let's talk about your typical week. So, okay, you played the Saints. You won. You come back to the Bay Area. Walk our listeners through your week, your meetings, your practice schedule, your diet like what are you doing this week getting ready for your next game so um after the game we get on the airplane we celebrate about it and just happy but then as soon as the plane lands uh sometimes it's hard for me to go to sleep so i just find something to do and whatever play the piano uh, i usually hang out at san jose go down play the piano or sit in the hot tub strips just because it's hard to go to sleep but uh the next day i wake up I don't even think about the game anymore. Uh, I'm on to the next game, and the only reason is because, I mean, if you want to make it, if you want to make it uh, to the next level as far as like playoffs or whatever, you, you can't really keep celebrating the same game. You got to keep moving on. So, uh, I actually made a video about that uh, hunting for Falcons on my Instagram, basically symbolizing that. I mean, everybody wants to keep talking about 
the Saints game, like it's over. We got to move on to the next game because if we keep thinking about that last game and living in that moment, then shoot, you can get whooped. So uh, just trying to find ways to get my body ready. Uh, so Tuesday, uh, walk through, make some corrections and stuff for what I need to correct. Um, Wednesday, Thursday, usually the harder, heavier day, so I lift weights. Um, I kick a little more. I kick my pads home just to get used to the pad, the feeling of the pads. Friday's more of a fast day. Uh, kind of relax. Phone roll. Saturday, relax. <laughs> Got a lot of relaxing. <laughs> uh, Sunday, uh, Sunday play. And then after the game, go find a way to have some kind of fun because I think what I didn't do this year, uh, last year or the year before was uh, balance out my hard work with fun. Um, and I've started to figure out the more fun that I have while being focused at the same time, the more successful you can be. Yeah, recovery is a big part of it. And you're right, getting in the, the mindset where you're not 100% of the time super intense and focused on your craft, like you know, having a little bit of recovery is good. So if you go on to YouTube... You can see a bunch of videos of you and, and your legendary kicks. You once punted the ball 87 yards. That's on YouTube. You had a hang time of 5.85 seconds. And, you know, according to what I can research, like the average punt is, you know, if you're doing really well, it, it's like 4.95 on the hang time. So 5.85 seconds. That's why I say, Marquette, when I watch these punts, it looks like a video game. It looks like the video has been like played with or something. You're just like, that can't be real. But then obviously you watch Raider games and you see you doing it in a game. The thing that I think is amazing about you is you're from Macon, Georgia. You went to Fort Valley State University in Georgia, this little college. Tell the story of how you got on people's radar to wind up with the Raiders in the NFL. Um. Well, at Fort Valley State, uh, it was a little small school. Um, I think I had my best times ever at Fort Valley State. Uh, compared to a lot of the Division One colleges where they had basically everything that they possibly could have or wanted to get better, I didn't have the same things. Or we didn't have the same things at Fort Valley State. So kind of like you had, to, you had to make do with what you had. Mm-hmm. Um, that it, it made me work ten times harder than it just made me work ten times harder just because I wanted to be better. So I um coming from Fort Valley State I got a letter from Coach Kicking, uh about going out to this elite college camp and I didn't want to fly. Like I never flew an airplane my uh being in college like I haven't flown an airplane since like until I got to college to go to this camp. And um I think the thing that scared me was just the 9-11 bill. Uh, ever since then, I was like, I don't ever want to fly an airplane. But then my mom was like, if you're going to be seen, you got to be, you got to fly somewhere. They're not going to find you in the front yard, in the driveway. And I'm like, you're right. So that's when I decided to fly the uh, University of Whitewater, Wisconsin, and uh, go to the kicking count. And I thought it was pretty cool. Got a chance to see other college punters and kickers and, it's funny because when you watch them on TV, the ball looks like it goes like miles and miles. But when you see it in person, it's different. And then I saw some of the punters that were like, that people would type up and they're like, man, this is a real good punter. And I see them punting the ball and it's like, oh, okay. 
Well, I can do that too. Probably better. Just, you know, just because I'm a competitor. And that's how that works out. That's an amazing story because, you know, again, it's, it's kudos to you for having the courage to, to get on that plane and to go to Wisconsin. And again, if you go onto YouTube and watch the video, the thing that struck me the most, other than the, the video game nature of your punts, was the reaction of the coaches and the other punters. They were like, are you kidding me? Is this guy really doing this right now? Like, you could hear the gasps and the oohs and the awes. They'd never seen anything like it. And to me, you know, again, the research I've done on you, that seemed like that's where the legend of Marquette, Marquette King was born that day, is people were like, all right, this guy was hiding in Georgia at little Fort Valley State University, this dude's big time, and it sounds like you saw, hey, I can do this. I can go against the best, and, and I can be on this stage with them, and you know, I'm not some guy from a small town. Like I could be, This could be a career for me. Was that kind of when that light went on for you? Well, I, I didn't look at it as being a career for me. I looked at it as uh, just wanting to be the best. Uh, I thought my mindset was, I mean, I want to be real, so good at punting. And I want to be the best at it. That was my mindset. I didn't really think about trying to get somewhere until, like, the last minute, you know? Yeah. No, that makes sense. Um, and and the funny thing is, so you play for the franchise that had Ray Guy, who many people think is the best punter ever. The punter award at the end of the year is the Ray Guy Award. And you're breaking his mm-hmm. franchise records with the Raiders last year mm-hmm. again. You had 40 punts downed inside the 20-yard line. That's a franchise record. One of the things that I've seen you do, uh, not in person, but I've heard you do, is you'll take... So first, you know, everyone's like, hey, he has a cannon for a leg. That's great. He can boot at 87 yards. Now it's about accuracy. How do I pin the opponent back inside the 5-yard line? I've heard you do a drill where you kick it into a garbage can when you're punting it. Is that true? Yeah, I um I set up trash cans on both sides of the field around the seven yard line and just try to aim the ball in the trash can and sometimes I'll speed the tempo up, sometimes I'll go slow tempo just depending like trying to make it seem like I got a, a eight man rush or a six man box just to just to kind of visualize how I was feeling the game. But yeah, that's that's usually how I work on my accuracy, trying to put it in the trash can. That's amazing. And I love when you, when you do a good punt, you pin the opponent or the, you know, the Raiders recover a, a punt. I, I love the little, like, what's that little dance that you do or the little, the celebration that you do? Where does that, where does that come from? Well, it's, it's usually random depending on the team. Um, I, I like, I really have a passion for what I do and I love being real good at it. And, uh, I've had people joke with me about celebrating after a punt, but I don't care what they think just because of, I'm so passionate with what I do, and when I when I do a good job, like I'm gonna celebrate, and it's just fun to me. Like I've always celebrated, even in college when I got a ball inside a ten, or when I booted sixty, seventy yard punt. Like I'm turning up. One of the other things I like about you, so you and I FaceTimed a, a few weeks ago, and uh, I, I saw your your place where you live. So you just signed a five-year extension. A lot of guys take that money, and they're like, yeah, I just won the lottery. I'm going to go out and buy a big place and you know spend that money. You live in a very modest place. You 
obviously value the money. You realize that the average uh, career span of an NFL player is three years. You've already surpassed that. Give me some background on why you made that decision to not go out and buy the big place and, and you are saving your money. Um, I mean, I don't want to – I just don't be wanting to do too much with it. Um, why not save it and invest it later? Yeah. Because you never know what will happen right here. But, I mean, it's a – I bought a few things, but nothing big. I don't, I'm not a, a material guy like that. The only thing I – I'd rather do is just probably um, just chill, man. Relax with friends and barbecue. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I was just in uh, Memphis last week, and I had some of the best barbecue I've ever had in my life. It was it was really good. I'd always heard Memphis had good barbecue. They're not lying. Oh, Memphis, Kansas City, Texas. Yeah, got good food out there. Yeah. So before I let you go. You know, look, I, I, I got to ask you this question and get your opinion on this. Colin Kaepernick is making headlines for kneeling during the national anthem. There's a lot of other players on other teams who have been kneeling. Um, you know, my take on this is everyone has the right to their expression and to express opinion. What I want to see from the people that are expressing their opinion or even protesting is, what specifically do you want to change? So, you know, let's say people think the national anthem is offensive or it's outdated. The lyrics, you know, there's some slavery lyrics in there. Like, if you want that to change to America the Beautiful or something like that, like, I get that. If you want things with the police to change, like, what specifically do you want with the police to change other than the obvious? When you see this kind of stuff going on, do you say, you know, it's tough to stick your neck out there and take a stance on something. I'm not going to do that. Or do you say, you know, more and more athletes are speaking up. I'm going to weigh in on some of this stuff. Um. Well, first of all, my dad was a police officer. And uh, so I look at everything from both point of views. Mm-hmm. Um, so, of course, uh, of course, I felt a certain type of way when I saw what he did. But, I mean, my... Honestly, man, I feel like my opinion don't really matter. Uh, people are going to do what they want to do. People are going to think what they want to think. And, uh, I mean, it's, I, I'd stay away from it. Kaepernick's not a writer. Uh, so it ain't nothing. That, they don't have nothing to do with what we got going on. We're focused on trying to win games over here. So in your locker room, do guys during the week, do they, hey, you see what Kaepernick did? Are you, like, are guys talking about it, or is it just like, hey, we're just here to win games, and we're really focused on, on doing that? Uh, nobody's really focused on it right now, I don't think. Um, we're just too busy focused on what's coming up later on in the week. It's, like I said, people have their own opinions, and um, you can't change how people think or whatever whatever they think it's their opinion and it's their right so last, I mean, that's just how it goes no I, I hear you last question for you uh, when are you going to go on tour uh, doing uh, piano concerts I want to I want to see that <laughs> oh man I don't know when that's going to happen where did you I learn like when did you start playing piano um, I got on the piano about a year and a half ago I Dang. Shot, they find a new hobby, man. It, sometimes when they get boring, just not doing much. And uh, after practice, I just go home and just have a little bit of dead time. So I was like, you know what? Let me get a keyboard and just start learning how to play piano. 
Let me tell you what, for playing a year and a half, you're really good. Like, are you taking lessons or are you just reading the music and, and teaching yourself? I watch a video on see what keys they hit. Um, and I'm trying to mimic the, uh, uh, hit the same keys that they usually hit. Just to try to, and then I'll eventually get the rhythm down. So that's how I get it. That's how I learn. That's amazing. You can learn like anything on YouTube now, can't you? <laughs> I know. You might as well put a big screen in front of the classroom and let people just look away. <laughs> <laughs> That's crazy stuff. Marquette King, the punter for the Oakland Raiders. You can find him on Twitter and Instagram at Marquette King. A great follow. Very entertaining. you got to go onto YouTube and see some of his epic punts, video game punts, as I call them. Watch the Raiders play because you are a real difference maker on that team. I mean, the fact that they sign you to a five-year extension and see how important you are to that team is is really uh, it says a lot about you and your craft and you as a person. So uh, great job! And I appreciate that, man. I appreciate the organization for trusting me to be in a situation. So it's it's a blessing. Yeah, it's great stuff. And I'm I'm I gotta say, like every year, I kind of pick out a team to watch and and follow. And you and the Raiders are my team this year. I'm I'm rooting for you and. Uh, I think you're ready to take that next step. Marquette King, thanks a lot for joining us on Sports Business Radio. Hey, thank you. You're listening to Sports Business Radio. We'll be right back. Podcast this show and any other past SBR episode at sportsbusinessradio.com. Back with more SBR, powered by Sprinkler, after this. So suddenly I'm in love with a stranger. Hi, it's Brian Berger from Sports Business Radio. Did you know that Super Bowl 50 broke the record for single-day Wi-Fi usage and beat last year's record before halftime? And then nearly 80% of fans use their mobile phones during live sports events? Today's sports fans expect strong, fast mobile connections at their favorite stadiums. And that is why major venues around the country work with Boingo Wireless to manage their wireless networks. Boingo knows fans, and they know how to make a venue's vision for the connected fan experience a reality. Boingo designs, installs, manages, and monetizes wireless networks at university stadiums like K-State and the University of Houston and major league venues like Chicago Soldier Field and Phillips Arena, home of the NBA's Atlanta Hawks. Boingo is the only company that can provide end-to-end wireless services so teams can focus on the big game, not on their network. Sports Business Radio has teamed up with Boingo to bring you monthly stadium stories focused on how technology is changing the business of sports. I will speak with Boingo and their partners, including athletic directors, venue owners, leading sports marketers, and industry influencers who will share valuable insights you'll want to tune in for. For more information on Boingo Wireless, visit boingo.com or email sports at boingo.com. This is Sports Business Radio. We are back to wrap up this edition of Sports Business Radio. Thank you to Marquette King, the punter for the Oakland Raiders. You can find him on Twitter and Instagram at Marquette King, a fantastic follow. Thanks to our show staff, Brian Griggs and Josh Blank. Thanks to our friends at Sprinkler for powering Sports Business Radio. Follow them online at sprinkler.com. That's S-P-R-I-N-K-L-R.com. Thanks to our friends at Boingo Wireless for powering our Sports Business Radio Roadshow. Follow them online at boingo.com or on Twitter at Boingo. A podcast reminder, you can catch our show on demand via podcast. Go to iTunes, type in Sports Business Radio. 
We're rated in the top 100 business news podcasts. You can also find our show on Audioboom and via the TuneIn Radio and Stitcher apps. You can always find all of our channels at sportsbusinessradio.com. Follow me on Twitter at SB Radio. Our Twitter feed was named the top 50 sports business must-follows on Twitter by Forbes for 2015. So we're always tweeting in between shows. For Brian Griggs, I'm Brian Berger. Have a great week, and we'll talk to you soon right here on Sports Business Radio. Hello, everyone. Mark King here, president of Adidas Group North America. One of the most inspiring parts of my job is the conversations I have every day with extraordinary people who are shaping the sports landscape. I talk to athletes, league executives, athletic directors, and agents, and now I'm bringing these conversations to you through my new podcast series, Extraordinary Happens, Competing in Sports, Business, and Life. This series dives deeper into what inspires the people who are leading change in sport, both on and off the field. I want to know what makes them tick and uncover how they're challenging convention to make extraordinary things happen for their teams, their businesses, and themselves. And I want to share those stories and insights with you. Tune in to my bi-weekly episodes of Extraordinary Happens on iTunes and Stitcher. And remember, get out there, challenge each other, lead change, and make extraordinary happen.